son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 19. And in this episode, we will be discussing the first, the original Poltergeist. Not the not the remake. We're not going to talk about that this year. From 1982. 1982. Mm-hmm. Which is directed by Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg. So we have Jaws. And we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know how those two came together, but it came together in a pretty awesome movie. Yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Also, poltergeist means noisy spirit, if you didn't know. Noisy spirit? In German. Yeah. So what's the difference between a poltergeist and a ghost? Uh, ghosts are more shapes and maybe some eerie noises. Mm-hmm. Poltergeist is going to fuck with you. That's going to fuck you up. Yes. So you don't want a poltergeist. Exactly. There's like good ghosts and bad ghosts, but then there's like just poltergeists. Like you just don't want that. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. And then you have entities, which are the ones that are like stuck to you doing bad stuff. Poltergeists are more stuck to places. Mm -hmm. Gross. So it starts with the national anthem to end the broadcast day. Mm -hmm. Like so back, way back when in the (laughs) 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the... 70s and 80s mm-hmm. when most american families started getting cable television they only ran programs for a certain amount of time and then it, they would end it with the national anthem and then it would just cut to static yeah noisy static which was horrible which was it's just scary i don't remember the national anthem but i remember even as i was growing up it would just cut to static especially if you were watching like a vhs tape yes. on like channel and three so or whatever because mm-hmm. i could leave it like our tv on like whatever cable station and it wouldn't just cut to static but if i was like watching a vhs tape and fell asleep yeah. then i would wake up and it would be all gross and staticky exactly. and i hated that it's so scary even before seeing this it's just waking up to that is mm-hmm. is it's so loud and jarring scary. yeah exactly mm-hmm. and i'm i wrote that i'm so glad that tvs don't do that anymore because now even if there's not like a program scheduled it's like paid programming for like some beach body shit you yeah, know like exactly. or whatever at least the it's something yeah it's not like scary static and then when poltergeist came out it gave it a whole new scary mm-hmm. yeah and then White Noise. Wasn't Bruce Willis in that? I've, I've never seen that. Oh, you've never no. seen White Noise? <laughs> no. He's probably not. I probably just pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> Can I just say that this is my dream life? This movie? Like as a family on a burial ground? Or just like <laughs> okay. as a family? Not, not the ghosts, but literally this is my fantasy. So there's two movies that are my fantasy life. And honestly, they're both horror movies, which, you know, I don't know what that tells you about me. Probably bad things. But... It's this. I just love their house, and I've always loved the 80s, and it's so magical, and their family. And they keep their family. No one dies. Yeah. Like, it, it's intact and very different type of family, but uh, it's alive. 
horrible demon baby but i just love it it's the new it's alive their house and their cute little couple and they're starting their lives together and those are like my fantasy movies i don't know why well it's the american dream that's a good point yeah it's what we're all conditioned to kind of want in some capacity or another like you know that that family or even if it's not like a whole family unit just like it's kind of a reflection of being successful and you know i just think it's hilarious that it's Two horror movies. And that's my dream life. Well, if you take out the poltergeist, they got a maid. Yeah, that's true. I mean, before all that shit happens, they're yeah. pretty cute. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny. This is kind of like a not important scene, but the it's showing the dad has fallen asleep in front of the TV and everyone else is in their respective beds. Yeah. And the dog's going around like seeing who's got snacks yeah. to steal. <laughs> the dog <laughs> Who is fell great. asleep with snacks. He's so cute. He's and an important member of the family. Well, and what I was about to say is another thing about this movie is they make sure that the dog is always, like, taken care of, yeah. too. He leads him out of the house at the end. I'm like, go, puppy, go! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, get the fuck out! <laughs> and then the youngest little girl, her name is Carol Ann, wakes up. And she's the iconic, they're here, mm-hmm. little girl. So, like, if you can see that in your head. But she wakes up and the noise or the static is drawing her downstairs. So she wanders downstairs and then she just sits in front of this static on the TV. And she's like, hello? What do you look like? Talk louder. I can't hear you. And she wakes the whole family up because she's like, like, hello? (laughs) I can't hear you. And then she just puts her hand up to the screen and it cuts to the opening credits. And another thing, speaking of the American dream, it starts with like this beautiful panning into the scenery. I think that's what I love so much. And there are the little suburbs, suburbia. And there's like and this pretty flute. <laughs> and I love that too. Like it's his friend and they're meeting up for the football game and he's yeah. got beer and he's just riding his bike there. Yeah. Those kids are fucking assholes though. But yeah. they're running the little car in front of him. Yeah. But I love that whole thing. I want my friends to come over to my house and hang out and all of that. I know. I want you to, none of them are for sale, but I want you to buy one of the yeah. houses in my cul-de-sac. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't know how to ride a bike, but I would ride a bike over to your I'll house. I'll teach you to swim and ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a whole thing but okay. my cul-de-sac's not that big so you could just walk that's true there's only like six houses on there that's true anyways mm-hmm. <laughs> and i literally put right here they're a good old suburban family so they're mm-hmm. painting that picture for you right off the bat and then a, a canary dies right in the beginning why the fuck does she try to flush it okay wait, wait, wait. okay even that, if she flushes it, why does she flush and then hold it above? Just, like, dunk it in there and flush. What the? Maybe she feels bad about flushing it. She's like, ooh, I don't want to bury this because, like, it's a whole thing. Fuck. I mean, fish, I guess, get flushed, but yeah. they that's a little more like, you know how it's... sailors get, like, a burial at sea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, kind of their world, yeah, at least, a yeah. I mean, and maybe she doesn't want to talk. She was clearly trying to hide it from Carol Ann, yeah. so I guess maybe she's just, like, hide the body. We'll just say he, ran, he flew away, like... <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I had to flush my beta. Aww. His name was Rainbow, like Rainbow Fish. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it wasn't a cute little ceremony. We just flushed him. <laughs> You're just like, peace. I was sad, but Next my pants were just like, yeah. <laughs> new beta? <laughs> I fed it too much. Like she you does. mean like she she's a serial animal killer. Yeah. <laughs> she killed this canary. And of course, you know, the little girl catches her flushing it. And then 
they put it in a box so she's like okay well we'll mm-hmm. bury it now and it's so cute because she's packing this little box that they bury him in with she's chewing on a twizzler and she puts the twizzler in there for when he's hungry a picture of the family for when he's lonely a blanket for nighttime and a flower for good smells and then she prays over it as they're burying it and the oldest child so her name is dana Mm -hmm. and she's the oldest sibling and then there's robbie in the middle and they're kind of dicks robbie's fucking hilarious though (laughs) can we unbury it and see the bones (laughs) you're gonna see some bones you're dark and i like it yeah but he's a scared cat yeah he acts all big and bad in the beginning and then he's scared of a tree and a clown i get being scared of clowns at least there are lots of people scared of clowns yeah that's a creepy clown too yeah. It just, like, just sits at the there. foot of the bed. No. If he doesn't like it, why doesn't he just move it during the day? Like Also, it attacks him, and then at the end, it's still sitting in that fucking chair. Get rid of it! Yeah. Bye. I don't get it. I like Star Wars, though. Yeah, I saw. Like, hardcore. Yeah. Everything Star Wars. Well, it was for the times, you know? Yeah. And then she gets over that bird real quick, because she's like, can we get a goldfish? <laughs> <laughs> And then it cuts yeah. to her getting the goldfish, and this is what happened to my beta rainbow. She's killing it. She's just it. dumping food flakes in there. Come and get it. Yeah. Come and get it. Come on. And then her mom's like, you're going to overfeed them, because they'll just, like, eat all of it. And she doesn't even, like, scoop any of the food out. She's just like, go to bed. It'll be, they'll be dead in the morning. We'll just sharks. get new ones. She fucking lies to that little girl. <laughs> just tell your kids not to do stupid shit. She has a future serial killer on her hands, and she's just covering it up. So this movie picks up pretty quick. Carol Ann and Robbie share a bedroom and it cuts to night and you can see that Robbie is scared of the tree outside his window. And I guess that's fair. It looks like it's got like arms. And faces and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he's also scared of the storm. And what was really spooky when I was watching this movie is it was like really windy outside and it was like snowing kind of. So it was stormy and like and there's it was a stormy in the movie. Yeah. And there's like a window behind my bed, which is where I was watching it. And it was, like, making similar noises to, like, the, yeah. And I was like, "Mm, that's eerie and unsettling. Because that movie doesn't, like, scare me. Yeah. But uh, it was still, like, I was like, stop. (laughs) (laughs) And they both, they actually go to sleep with the closet light on for comfort. Until it's not comforting. Yeah. I'm like, no. I love how cute the parents are in this movie. Their relationship is so adorable, in I my opinion. Them. I love them. Because they're smoking the reefer in bed. I love them <laughs> getting high, but they don't seem like bad parents. Isn't no. that fascinating? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, parents drink all the time when exactly. they're not bad parents. Exactly. If you're going to smoke some weed, smoke some weed. I did like also, he, they're smoking weed and he's reading Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I saw book, that. Yeah. And all I'm thinking of is the D.A.R.E. program. Yeah what what the fuck no no those two are so opposite mm, doesn't matter say no to drugs <laughs> but marijuana is not a drug so you can smoke that it's okay but it's like we came away from recently we did pet cemetery and those were some horrible fucking parents these are good parents and they do drugs but they're still good parents they, smoke they don't let marijuana. their kids get hit by a truck <laughs> and then diana's talking about carolyn sleepwalking so th- i guess this has happened a couple nights now where she's getting up out of bed. And she says, oh, I used to do it when I was a kid. Maybe it's genetic or whatever. And Robbie, it cuts to him. He's story she tells, though. That poor fucking guy. You should tell it because I didn't write it down. Oh. 
I don't know, I don't remember the story in full, but she tells the story about she slept sleepwalks and she ends up in some dude's car and falls asleep in the oh, back yeah. and he drives across like state lines and the cops pull him over and that poor fucking guy, he has no idea she's in the back. It cuts to Robbie back in his bed and he's just like laying there and he is scared as fuck looking at that tree in the storm. And he also has this, like we were saying, the awful clown at the foot of his bed and he pretends to like shoot it like like with a finger gun and then throws like a sweater over it, like a mm-hmm. Chewbacca sweater he over fails. it. Yeah. Well, not this time. Oh, he fails at the end, right? He does, okay. yeah. He covers it this time and he's like, okay, I feel better. The clown's covered up. And then he comes into his parents' room and they're like tickling each other and being gross and <laughs> being doing gross. parent things. And they're like, oh, here you are to ruin it. Okay. He's making Donald Duck noises out of him. <laughs> And he tells his dad he doesn't like the tree. And his dad says he put, he put the house next to the tree to protect them, them, that it's old and wise. And then he tells them, if you count the time between the lightning and the thunder strike, every time it'll and it's getting shorter, it means the storm is passing over you. And so they're counting the time between the lightning and thunder, and... And it cuts to, and it's like getting less and less, but then it cuts to Caroline and Robbie both in bed with their parents anyways. <laughs> yeah. Which is cute, I guess, but, and I know that'll happen if I ever have kids, but it's like, man, this is sacred ground. Get out. <laughs> Get out of my bed. Yeah, but you'll also love them. Yeah. And they fell asleep with the TV on. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, it's playing the national anthem, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to static again. And this is when Carol Ann, of course, wakes up immediately as soon as the static comes on. And she just sits in front of the TV. And then this, like, phantomy stuff starts coming out of the TV. Mm-hmm. Great 80s CGI. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes into the wall behind the parents' bed. Mm-hmm. And the bed and the whole house start, like, rocking like an earthquake. And then she's like, there he here. And then it cuts to the next day, and there's a tractor digging a hole in the ground for a pool. And the mom asks, Diane asks Carol Ann what she meant by they're here last night, and she says, the TV people. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> and then Carol Ann, after they kind of eat breakfast, and Carol Ann goes to this little TV they have in the kitchen and switches it to static. Mm-hmm. Like, she goes to find static, and she's just sitting, like, right in front of it. And robbie's utensils bend after yeah. a whole glass is like say, shattered breaks from the bottom yeah and they're like completely these this fork and the spoon are just like completely bent yeah. in and then she also get this is important to note later she gets onto them for not pushing in their chairs when they leave mm-hmm. the table and then i made a note of this it's not really important to the story at all but these the construction men that are digging the hole in their backyard for the pool are cat calling dana yeah they're like 15 year old daughter yeah cat calling her and then they're like just staring at her while she's like going to school or whatever my mom made a point like my grandfather would have fucking had their asses are you serious right now yeah well and then diane is like oh ha 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 i'd be like no (laughs) she's proud of her daughter because her daughter tells him to fuck off which is great i love that but i would be like y'all fucking creeps get off my fucking property i'm calling your boss (laughs) like they're gonna send a new crew out yeah i mean they're rude all around like she's making dinner and the guy comes in drinking her coffee through the window and licking the sauce too whatever what the fuck fire these people yeah there have got to be other cute. pool digging people somewhere. Pool digging people. I will get in that tractor myself. <laughs> yeah. 
I like her upstairs, though, and the dog's, like, barking at the wall. Yeah. And she's like, what are you barking at? Do you not see the fucking black mark on your wall that wasn't there before? Apparently not. Do you think an earthquake did that? I promise you it didn't. I didn't even notice it. Well, okay, but look. (laughs) All right, Diane. (laughs) I wrote, I was typing stuff down. So I was like, the dog is barking at the place in the wall where the weird phantom TV thing went in behind the bed. It's a big black mark on the wall. And she's just like, oh, yeah. And then after the dog's barking at that spot behind their bed, she goes back into the kitchen and all the chairs are pulled out from the table. And she asked Carol Ann if she did it, but she didn't. She turns away for a moment. And then all of a sudden the chairs are stacked on top of the table on top of each other. That's fucking terrifying. And then she goes, she looks at Carolyn and she goes, TV people? Mm-hmm. And Caroline goes, uh-huh. She and believes then, it fast. Yeah. Do you see them? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know that they're the TV people, but you can't see them. But yeah, Diane doesn't like, I mean, I guess after seeing something like that, you she, she saw it. Like, right? that's, you, that's hard to deny. She just pushed them all back and then all of a sudden now they're, yeah. Stacked. Like, that's. You can't deny that. That's like mm-hmm. when paranormal activity, they're in the kitchen and all the cabinets and stuff fly open in the second one, I think. Yeah. When yeah. she's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said, you can't really deny that. And I, I and I like how she, like, trusts her five-year-old, like, is it the TV people? Mm-hmm. Like, is that who you've been, like, talking to? Which makes me really uncomfortable. Because kids are so sensitive to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do if my kid was like, oh, the people in the tv like i talked yeah. to them i'd be like we're getting rid of all the tv well even the dog pets are sensitive to that too that your dog is barking at nothing in the wall pay attention to Jesus it Christ, yes yeah and then the dad gets home and diane like drags him into the house and she's like really excited she's like come in hurry hurry before it stops mm. and she's and he pulls the trash can almost through the door yeah <laughs> and it's kind of weird how excited she is about this stuff happening I agree. I would not house. be excited. And she tells him to stand and be calm and open-minded like they used to be. <laughs> no, I like that. And she puts a dining room chair in this little circle that's in the ground. Mm-hmm. And it slides across the kitchen. She's, like, made it a little path because she knows where it's going to start. And where, yeah, where it's going to go. And the chair slides across the kitchen. And she gets excited and she, like, jumps up and down and squeals. Like, mm-hmm. she's so excited because this is so cool. That would not be my reaction. No, I, his reaction would be my reaction when he just, like, sits down and leans against the wall, like, terrified. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? And then if the fucking dining room chair wasn't enough, she puts a fucking helmet on her five-year-old daughter <laughs> and, and like, across. sacrifices her to the fucking ghost. <laughs> she sticks her in the little circle and it pushes Carol Ann. I wrote in my notes that she just serves her up as fun for the ghosts. <laughs> I'm like, great. <laughs> and then, you know, Steve is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he, like, grabs Carol Ann and he's like, um, no, yeah. this is not okay. And then they go to the neighbor and ask if they've had any disturbances. And they're, like, cackling and, like, laughing because they know how crazy they sound. Yes. But also the neighbors, what? You've never been bitten by a mosquito in your life and nor has anyone in your family. That's a bullshit. That's a fucking lie. There's no way in hell. So the mosquito thing is they're, like, standing at their door and they're just being eaten alive by mosquitoes. And so it's supposed to be, like, the poltergeist. But, yeah, they're like, oh, these mosquitoes are crazy. And the neighbor who's been kind of a dick to them already yeah is like no nah, we don't get bit by mosquitoes no, and he looks at his son been, no one in my family have you ever been bit by a mosquito what what a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> oh 
you can see that they're being be- i don't know but they're like laughing like they're high but it's just because they sound fucking crazy yeah. and they know it they're like have you really got any like disturbances <laughs> like it's just like i would i don't think i would even bother talking to my neighbors i'd be like nah nah <laughs> nothing nothing's going on this is a family matter <laughs> And that's exactly what Steve says. They come home and Steve says they're going to keep it in the family. And she says nothing bad happened and it's just another side of nature that they don't understand. But Steve's like, no one's going into the kitchen. It's like quarantined. (laughs) Nobody's going in there. And then there's another storm. This movie is just like full of like horror movie storm nights. This one drives me crazy though. The storm? This storm in particular. Because there's a fucking tornado that you see off in the distance. A fucking tornado. And literally nobody talks about it in the rest of the movie. No neighbors are asking about this. It's out and about. It's not in their house. I would also like to point out, being from Tornado Alley, you can't really see tornadoes at night. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you, it depends on where you live, I guess. Like, how much light there is. Because when I went to Dallas in 20, late 2015, I think, there was that big tornado that decimated this town called Rowlett and we like looked over and you can kind of see like the cloud formation but the problem is tornadoes are dark mm-hmm. and it's dark so I don't know I just I don't know that's a good I was point. just like that's a very distinguished tornado yeah. to be at night that nobody ever talks about again yeah <laughs> and then Robbie's counting from the lightning to the thunder again but they're keep getting closer together so mm-hmm. he's like oh my god the storm is like it's gonna get worse and then the tree just busts through his window and grabs him. Mm-hmm. The fucking tree does. Right. And he, it pulls Robbie out. And then the parents run after him. And they go outside. But then the closet opens with this really bright light. And things just start being sucked into it like a black mm-hmm. hole. And then Caroline is screaming for her mom. But they're all outside, of course, because they're trying to get Robbie because mm-hmm. he just got kidnapped by a tree. They're outside screaming. Yeah. And no neighbors come. Nobody hears this. It's one of those things. Maybe everyone has social anxiety like us, and they're like, "Oh." But it happens Raleigh? later on. She ends up in that pool. And, I mean, I get that. There. <laughs> but she ends up in the pool later on, screaming, and the neighbors come and help her. What? They don't hear this kid and this whole family screaming. And a tree moving around. What the fuck? <laughs> and a tornado. Whatever. What? Just whatever. The neighbors suck. But they're like, "Ooh, some shit's happening," but we shouldn't get involved. <laughs> Let's just watch. Yeah. Find their curtains. And, like, if there's a homicidal giant tree, what are you supposed to do? Like, Get your video well. camera. <laughs> but then they got to get the whole camcorder because they don't have cell phones. That's true. Like a whole Turn thing. Turn up the TV. It, it'll drown them out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not very suburbia. Usually a suburbia is very nosy. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to come out and see everything. And his neighbor is so close that they're literally almost, like, touching out the window earlier with the remote. Yeah. So you can't hear that. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> and, of course, since all, all that's going on, they don't hear Carol Ann screaming for her mom, but they're all outside. Because they're all outside, and then she gets sucked into the closet portal. And then the tree is basically eating Robbie. Yeah. Like, in its little knot hole. I don't know what <laughs> you call that. <laughs> what? Isn't that... <laughs> isn't that what you call it? It's yeah, like a bro. knot in a tree that yeah. like opens up, so it makes like a knot hole, yeah. and it's like sucking them in the knot hole. Yeah, yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to suck a knot hole. I, <laughs> I also wrote, everyone is getting sucked into something. 
Because, like, she gets sucked into, into the vagina. Well, later on, it's a vagina. Right now, it's just a closet. I did not write down that it was a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> How did you not? It literally births them back out. It's a vagina. Well, that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah. They finally get Robbie out of the tree. And, oh, and I put, there was a tornado, but then it just, like, went away. <laughs> like, I guess they do that, but um, no damage or anything. And then they go to the bedroom, and there's no Carol Ann, So they're, like, frantically searching all over for her. And Diane is in her bedroom looking, and the TV is on with static going. And then they, they're like, oh, my God, the swimming pool hole. I couldn't imagine that fucking fear. Of her like, being drowned in the swimming pool Thinking hole. Thinking that your baby might be dead mm-hmm. in the swimming pool because by the time you get there, it's going to be kind of pointless. She'll probably already be dead. Yeah. So that fear. Especially that it's been, like, several minutes. Yeah, you know? exactly. The fear for her right there of the swimming pool, the swimming pool. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, the swimming pool, even though I knew she wasn't. Right. And... Of course, she's not there. And Robbie wanders into the bedroom and hears Caroline's voice coming from the TV. And then Robbie, like, calls for his parents. And they realize her voice is coming from the TV. And she says, I can't see you, Mommy. Where are you? And then it cuts to daytime. So Steve immediately goes to a parapsychologist's office, which is smart because he knows this is beyond anything yeah, that's rational. right away he jumps on, which is great. I mean, when a tree tries to eat your kid, you can't really deny <laughs> that true. there's, like, some shit going on. And then your daughter just disappears, but, but she you can, can still talk her. through the TV. Yeah, fair. Yeah, and when it's not just you experiencing this, I guess that's the... I don't know if it's a cool thing about poltergeist because that's there's not really anything cool about that. But at least everyone ex- is experiencing it mm-hmm. on like possessions or like certain hauntings where just like one person is experiencing yeah. it and then everyone thinks they're crazy. Yeah. At least everyone is going through it, you know. And he basically just tells them, you know, he's telling a team about the events and he wants them to find their little girl. Which I just want to comment on what he says about his family for a moment. So he says that Diane, his wife, is 32, mm-hmm. and Dana is 16. That means that she had that girl when she was 16. Nowadays, that would be played up, that they were teen parents, and it would be a whole fucking thing. Yeah. And they would, it would, you know, be turned into a thing where they wouldn't have gone on to live great lives. And they did. They went on to live an amazing life. They live in suburbia in a beautiful home and all this stuff. And also, it makes me feel really bad about myself because, you know, she's doing this at 32 and has three kids in a beautiful home. And I am almost 30 and uh, nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, if you had a kid at 16, though, not that there's... I mean, I say there's not anything wrong with that. Obviously, it's incredibly, like, life-altering and yeah. you wouldn't, like, want that, but... I mean, there are things that you got to do that someone that had a kid well, at 16, absolutely. like, wouldn't. It's just like, man, I want a beautiful house and, yeah. Kids and That's, stuff. like, way far away. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a mixed bag because, like, I have, I know a lot of people that I went to high school with that had kids really young, either in their teens or, like, very, very, very early 20s, like, 20, mm-hmm. 21. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, like, they're missing out on, like, stuff. And then I'm like, but the, by the time I have kids in, like, my mid-30s, they're going to be like, I'm done. They're in college. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to be starting and they're going to get to do fun stuff. But, <laughs> what I mean, whatever your timeline is, man, that's cool. That's just interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. People that are younger than me are going to be done with their kids way before me. Mm-hmm. So the and paranormal investigators come over and Steve tells them they are, don't go into Caroline's room anymore. Like, they completely have it locked. Mm-hmm. And you think it's maybe just because, like, 
Maybe it's too painful. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go in there. No. <laughs> this guy talks about this car that he taped that took like seven hours to make it, I don't know, like two inches or something. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Steve kind of chuckles at him. He's like, mm, okay. And then he opens the fucking door. And then there's just objects like whirring around the room. You hear laughing and voices and see the closet open. Like things are moving around like in like a circular pattern yeah. kind of like a vortex. And even the paranormal investigator is like the head is of She's it like, is like shaking. Fuck? Yeah. And she says the determination of a haunted house can be difficult. And then a kettle moves across the kitchen table <laughs> like she insulted it and the lights flicker. And the family's, like, nonchalant about it. And she's like, we're not. The parapsychologist tells them it could be a poltergeist, not a haunting. And they tell, the team tells them that poltergeist intrusions last only a short time, but they do a lot of damage Mm -hmm. in a really short amount of time. They turn on the TV to call Carol Ann and talk to her. And then the dog walks in and sits in, like, a weird, like, on his hind legs. And then the dog starts barking at something. Carol Ann finally says hello and that she can't find her way home. They tell her to stay away from the light. The light opens up and stuff falls from the ceiling at that point, too. Like, that's the first time you see, like, stuff, like, falling from the ceiling. Like, this weird little portal. And Carol Ann says, Mommy, there's somebody here. Somebody's coming. Help me, please. And they can hear it moving across the house. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of, like, what Insidious did with, like, the two dimensions coexisting and diane which essentially is what i think they're getting at here Mm -hmm. and diane feels carol ann move through her and she says she can smell her and she says it's her it's her it's her and then steve is over there smelling her and diane's clothes broke down right there yeah because what about all these people that have lost loved ones that would kill to hear them again or smell them again Mm -hmm. i mean smell and voice are the two things that you lose so fast Mm -hmm. anybody would kill to have that again and you think maybe your daughter might be dead and definitely not on the same dimension or plane as you and you you get that back for a moment yeah that's amazing because she keeps saying it's my baby it's my baby it's my baby and they're both just like so wrapped up in her clothes because she can smell her in her clothes And then they hear loud stomping and growling and then something knocks them all over and they can't hear Carol Ann anymore. So the parapsychologist asks where Carol Ann was playing when she disappeared and she says that she was in her closet. And Steve says, they'll never let me in. And when he says they, he means whatever these like spirits are. One of the investigators like got bit during all of this. Yeah, like intense. And it fucked him up real good. And the investigators are clearly overwhelmed by all of this. And then Robbie has this idea of tying a rope around himself to go in and find Caroline and guide her back. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's in what they basically end up doing. And it's something that Robbie just kind of mentioned as they're all kind of sitting around. Yeah. Now that you've mentioned that about Insidious, all I'm sitting here thinking of is all the parallels between this and Insidious. Insidious took a lot of things from this. Mm-hmm. Like, even that this demon took this little boy at the very end of Insidious, he's, like, sitting in this area with the demon up there, and... Yep. Huh. Because all I could think about was that, like, what it looked like to Carol Ann, but then if you think about Insidious, you've got, you've got kind of what that what it looks might like. look yeah. like. Yeah. Huh. And they're sitting around, and the parapsychologist is talking about dying and their souls moving on, and she says, some people get lost on their way to the light, and they need help getting back. 
and then everyone is like sleeping all together in the living room except for one investigator he's eating cheetos and making stuff in the middle of the night he's snacking (laughs) he's getting some snacky snacks and then he sees something move across the counter on its own and it's a like a a raw steak which was a real steak ew Mm -hmm. that's disgusting and stuff is like protruding out of it and then it's got like maggots Maggots. on it and he like heaves in a sink and then the lights start flickering and he starts just peeling the skin off his face that's steven spielberg's hands by the way grabbing his face tearing that down yeah and then he snaps back to reality and the activity starts picking up again the investigators see white pretty lights and veils and like these they look like they're angels almost moving from downstairs they're definitely some sort of beings and then it starts like move like i said moving downstairs and then everyone is awake and terrified and it disappears back upstairs it's like a woman mm-hmm. it looks like a like a lady it disappears back upstairs through the ceiling and they look back at the tape and there are a lot of people a coming downstairs like a whole fleet of people yeah. coming downstairs and they send robbie and even the dog to grandma's house i love that yeah protect the puppy yeah well, enjoying your babies i mean whatever with the, the kid but protect the puppy yeah protect the dog <laughs> <laughs> and dana's pretty much been with friends this whole time like just sleeping over at friends houses friends yeah she oh wow Kristen. we later on find we out oh shame on she, the show <laughs> she's been at this motel she's like oh yeah i know that place and then she gets out of this dude's car and she's like in a skirt and all like hair's all cute i'm joking she's not really a hoe i know but we know that she's been at this motel she's hanging out with her friends and she gets out of this boy's car like at the end okay she's been with her boyfriend the whole time yes i would do that though like it first of all my parents are way too distracted by my missing sister to mm-hmm. notice and i well i would be ups- i wouldn't probably be i don't know but they're too distracted well, and of course. they're not You'd gonna pay attention and he'd be helping you with that upset and helping yeah <laughs> right yeah and then the team takes tapes and artifacts that fell out of the ceiling to the lab I'm like what are you testing for <laughs> oldness yeah <laughs> Ryan, one of the investigators, stays, and Marty, the one that like hallucinated and like all that shit He's happened like, to, he will not be back. The parapsychologist says that she will be bringing help. And then Steve's boss comes by to see how he's doing. So Steve hasn't been going to work. And he's all like sketched out. Yeah. Like, are you doing something else? I see cameras and stuff. What? The man can't have a side hustle? Well, he's all sketched out because he's like he lives in this development because he's on the development team and yeah. he's one of their top sellers of these homes. And so he's like, "Where are you going? What are you doing? Let me take you somewhere. We don't want you to go anywhere." Like he's just like tr- prying because he thinks he's taking all this time off work because he's finding a new job. Yeah, and he's scared. And he's like, "Let me take you on a little ride to show you something." And then Diane stops by Caroline's room and knocks and tries to talk to her. And she opens the door and it basically screams and pushes her out. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As <laughs> like, she should be. Yeah. Fuck off, this is our room. <laughs> Get out, mom. And then Steve's boss says they can move him into a bigger, better house because they think he's leaving. So they're basically bribing him. And they didn't make him a partner three years ago and they're sucking up because they don't want to lose him. So they basically think that they fucked up by not making him a partner mm-hmm. and he's mad so he's leaving. 
And so they want to give him this big house on the top of this hill that overlooks the whole, like, development. Yeah. And and uh, he's like, oh, I mean, no. <laughs> I love when he tries to put his arm on him and he just, like, brushes it off. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's a douche. There is a cemetery there, and he says they've already made arrangements to move the cemetery. And he says it's no big deal because they've done it before. And then Steve realizes their house is on top of an old cemetery. Yeah. Which he was basically in the dark about. Yeah. And so he's really uncomfortable. But he's like, okay, well, they moved the cemetery. So it's still creepy, but that's not a problem, I guess. If right. nobody's complaining. Right. Who's going to complain? Well, whoever there is to complain. No one's complained until now. What does that mean? There's no one to complain because you moved ew, the fucking ew, bodies. Ew. <laughs> well. Because you didn't move didn't the bodies. Move the bodies. <laughs> you moved yeah. the headstones. Yeah. And then the parapsychologist brings back the badass, high-pitched, little short lady, Tangina. She's awesome. Yeah. And she has the best voice ever. I remember when I was, we were talking about women in horror, we talked about this actress. Her mm-hmm. name is Zelda Rubenstein, I think. Yep. And... Steven Spielberg said that she was the shortest and the biggest presence on, not like size wise, but just like she brought so much to yeah. the the story, and she was just like she a force did. to she's be the reckoned best with. Part like this movie is great, but then you have her, and you're like, yeah. Except she's you get to wrong. that point, she is wrong. But yes, she's a badass. True. But I'm assuming like she's mostly feeling all those spirits, and she does get them to cross over, so that's at least clean. I'm assuming that the main dude is probably just blocking her senses, but we'll get on to that part in a minute. And she does formulate a plan to save Carol Ann. Yeah. Which they do successfully, so. But she gets there and uh, she calls down, why is the door locked, Mr. Freely? And then he's, like, calling her crazy and <laughs> she basically is like, he's like, if if she's so clairvoyant or whatever, she should be able to hear me whispering to you. And she's like, I can hear you. Or something. <laughs> and he's like, oh. I am addressing the living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she tells Diane that her daughter is alive and in the house. And they just like have this like moment of hugging. And she asks, where was the last incident by location? And she says she gets her strongest feelings at the point that the point of origin is in the child's closet upstairs. Why do we need a parasite, like, uh, this investigator or we this specialist to what, tell us that? Where it sucked her that's into. That's the point. And that's why they can't go into the room. It literally won't let them. Yeah. Tangina says they need to be strong and they need to do anything that she asks. She says they're attracted to Carol Ann's life force. She is a light that reminds them of earthly pleasures, home, and memories. Something they want but they can't have anymore. It's a distraction from the real light that has come for them. So they're paying attention to Caroline and they're not crossing over is basically what she's saying. These souls are not at rest and they are not aware that they have passed on. They're in a nightmare which they cannot wake. A terrible presence is in there with her, she says also. It has so much rage and betrayal. She says whatever it was was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take Caroline from them. And it's been lying to Caroline and it's been using her. To her, it manifests as another child. And to them, it's the beast. And then she says, now let's go get your daughter. (laughs) So this plan is pushed into motion. And I Mm -hmm. thought the tennis ball thing was pretty smart. It was. As a kid, I was always like, yeah, the first ball went through. Now go, go, go. But I get it now as an adult why you want the second one. Because what if there's like a different path that goes through? Mm -hmm. Who the fuck knows where that's going to end up? Mm -hmm. So yeah, they write a number one on a tennis ball and a number two on a tennis ball. Just to be safe. 
And then Diane calls out to Carol Ann. And Tangina says she's under restraints and she can't answer or she won't answer. And then she's like, who's the enforcer? Who's the disciplinarian in your house? And neither one of them really discipline their children mm-hmm. very much. But Stephen says that more him. And she says, you need to be angry and cross with her to make her answer. And then when he's like, you need to answer me right now. I love she that we're going to get a from the both of us. He's like, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't be the only one in this. Yeah. Tangina says, tell her to go to the light. Run to the light, Carol Ann. And she says, lie to her and tell her you're in the light. And she's like, I hate you for making me lie to my daughter. Yeah, because she could be, like, killing her Yeah, right there. How mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. And she tells them to clear their minds as it knows what scares them. And they walk into the room. And the closet is lit and, like, strobe lighty. <laughs> <laughs> and she throws the number one tennis ball into the closet. And into it the shoots. vagina. Into the closet. <laughs> And it shoots through the ceiling (laughs) down to the bottom floor. (laughs) And she throws the second one in and it goes through the cloth of the (laughs) fucking Kristen. It goes through the ceiling. Oh, I'm in a mood today. And then they send the rope through the portal. They tie a rope around Diane and tell Carol Ann to stop looking at the light now. So stop looking into the light. And they send the rope through the portal. I love Zelda saying, you can't do this. You've never done it before. And then Diane's like, neither have you. And she stops for a minute. You're right. You, you, you should go. go. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this, the music changes and there's this dramatic kissy moment between Steve and Diane, which I guess is fair because she might not come back. When he, when they take him into the bathroom and she's like not breathing. And oh, no, nothing. They have a makeout scene oh, right beforehand. before she goes in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's just disgusting is the that second really one. the time i mean i agree with you she might not come back but come on <laughs> time is of the yeah. essence people <laughs> and then the beast like comes out of the closet at steven and it's so 80s yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> and then diane and carolyn fall out of the ceiling all gooped up it's like all this plasma I don't know. From the phantom world. Uh, I don't know. But placenta goo. Ew, stop. From the vagina. vagina. They were given birth to through the vagina. They have to put him in warm water. This is all about birth. I know you hate that. Ain't. (laughs) (laughs) They do have to put them in the bath and clean them off. And then they finally come back. And then this house is clean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they're moving the fuck out they waste no time I this is like that, that morning and I they are moving this out family they're yes. smart get the fuck out of there diane came back with a new gray streak in her hair two of them yeah on, on each side. side and carol ann doesn't seem to remember anything and they say they won't even stay one more night in that house and then Steve goes to his office to tie up some loose ends. And Diane goes to color her hair. And her hears her kid playing and fighting. And it all seems right with the world. Have you seen their house, though? Like, they're moving the next day in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. There's still shit on the walls. He's got that stupid clown still sitting on the chair. There's stuff everywhere. Even their their bed, their bed bathroom, there's still stuff everywhere. Their bedroom's got boxes open. Like, they haven't filled them. Pictures are still up. Bullshit, you're moving in the morning. They're just getting out. They'll come get that stuff later. (laughs) They'll send for it. (laughs) And uh, she tells the kids that she's going to take a bath and to tuck themselves in, which I would also need a bath at this point. I've been in plasma goo, and it's been stressful, and I just need to chill. So the kids are. I love her bath tub, too. Oh, I know. So nice. Yeah. 
and the kids are going to sleep and Robbie tries to cover the clown with the sweater but he misses this That's time. That's the time he misses. Yep, this is the time he misses. And then Robbie wakes up to the clown being gone from the chair. Scream for your mother right there. Yeah. Like you already know creepy shit's going on. You know that clown was there before. Yeah. Literally scream for your mother. Why are you looking under the bed? No. And not just creepy shit's been happening, like actual like invasive like Exactly life altering like yeah stop what you're doing but no he looks under his bed (laughs) and of course it's not there but then it ends up so as soon as he like comes back from looking under his bed the clown wraps its long weird arms just like around his neck and is dragging him under the bed that was actually choking him in the making of the movie Oh, that's it. And he was, like, screaming and freaking out. And Steven Spielberg was like, oh, this kid's acting great. Until he started turning purple. And oh he was like, God. oh, fuck. Yeah, it was literally strangling him. That poor kid. There were some... Ba- this is another one of those movies where they thought it was cursed and there was something haunting it because a lot of bad shit happened. There probably was. Yeah. Well, Something's going to haunt us eventually. Don't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, we'll smudge a lot and it'll be fine. He disembowels the clown, though. That's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> and then while she's enjoying her peaceful bath she hears him or she's gotten out of the bath but she's just like settling into bed Mm kind of trying to relax finally he screams and she does finally hear him screaming and she tries to get up but then then this thing that went into their ceiling grabs her and like drags her up a wall like it's a fucking magnet like uh nightmare on elm street yes yeah and it drags her across the ceiling and then it cuts back to Carol Ann in Robbie's room and the closet opens again with this bright light and the closet door closes and then stuff starts like seeping out of it. Yeah. That looks kind of like that gooey like stuff. Tentacles and stuff. Yeah. And the poltergeist geists or one of them won't let her in the kid's room. So she finally breaks free but it won't let her in the room. And it manifests as, like, this spooky, spidery, skull ghost thing that sounds like a lion. Like, literally, like, a sound bite of, like, a lion. The MGM lion? Yes. Yeah, that's that's it. What it was? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it knocks her down the stairs. It won't let her go outside or in the kids' room. So she's just basically, like, confined to the living room. And then Diane finally gets outside to try to get help and ends up in the backyard. In the, yeah. Ends up in the pool the pool hole it's still not like a pool it's still just like a hole in the ground yeah a muddy hole in the ground and skeletons start popping up around her and a casket like lifts up out of the ground to reveal another skeleton those are real bodies by the way hey, what where'd they get them yeah those are real bodies yeah. from a a place that gets together cadavers for universities it was too expensive for them to have skeletons made so it was cheaper for them to get real bodies and they didn't tell the actors I forget the actor's name, but Steve asked, mm-hmm. he goes, God, I mean, you did, you guys did an amazing job, but did you have to make him smell so bad? And the guy who did it looks at me and goes, what do you, That that's a real body. That's why it's smelling like that. That's disgusting. And also like a little disrespectful. If yeah. somebody's donating their body to science, they're not donating it to Steven Spielberg to lo- use in a movie. <laughs> I would fucking love that shit. Please, somebody put my dead body in a movie somewhere. I am fucking down with that. Oh my god. If I found out one of my relatives had their body in a horror movie, I'd be like, that one right there. I'd tell everyone. Look at that, that one right there. <laughs> that's, like, that's my family that's member. That's my kid. But <laughs> yeah. like not like in a play or yeah. whatever. Oh, that's my uncle right there. You see him? Yeah. That's him right there. You're doing so good. Look at that skeleton. Me. That would be me. <laughs> and 
she's of course screaming and the neighbors come out to help her out of the pool but they're too scared to go inside and help her so they just don't diane opens the door to see them holding on for dear life so she finally gets up to carol ann's room and they're like holding on trying not to be sucked into this void she pulls them out of the room finally through this like chain like human arm chain she's got going on and then steve gets home and he's like what the fuck is I, happening i love her god help me though like mm-hmm. how intense is that if save my children or yes whatever. Yeah. The whole house is coming apart and shaking and not letting them out and coffins keep popping up everywhere and Steve confronts his boss because his boss shows up for some reason and he yells at him, you only moved the headstones, you didn't move the bodies. They finally get in the car, fumble with the keys, it takes forever. I love the kid. When his sister pulls up and they're not driving away yet and they're waiting for her to get in the car and he goes, daddy, drive away, drive away. leave her ass she is taking she's like staring at the house (laughs) she's taking way too long we need to live get the fuck out of dodge (laughs) (laughs) and they drive away and steve yells at them not to look back and the house essentially caves in on itself and is sucked into a void and disappears in front of the entire neighborhood's eyes finally people are like oh shit's happening including the dude that didn't move the bodies it happens you know in front of him and then the family goes to a Holiday Inn and they put the TV outside in the rain <laughs> and then it ends. They're like, we're never having F-M. a TV ever again. Done with TVs. So I have I have three trivia things. Two of them revolve around like the curse that surrounded this film and the other is just cute. So Heather O'Rourke, she's the little girl who tried to kill the goldfish. Yeah. She actually kept those goldfish. She had she them until she died. Died very young and very, I was. Uh, she died at the age of 12. Yeah. of a heart attack because she had an obstructed bowel because they told her she had Crohn's disease and she actually didn't and it was a whole problem with her medication and everything over that that's so sad yeah there were there were a, a couple 80s actors or voice actors there was this kind of off horror movies but i think if i remember correctly did you watch the land before time when you were a kid mm-hmm. the little girl that voiced ducky yeah i think it was ducky if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure she was, like, murdered by her father when Jesus. she was a child. Yeah. That's horrible. I know. And I I just think of Heather O'Rourke and her, kind of, because mm-hmm. they were very young and it was they were both very tragic, senseless yeah. deaths. So it made me think of that. Well, we had two deaths with this movie. So Heather O'Rourke at least lived through three of them, three mm-hmm. Poltergeist movies, but Dominique Dunn who played Dana in the movie. Yeah. She was actually killed in her driveway by her ex-boyfriend. He came over and wanted to get back together with her, and he strangled her in her driveway while people, like, there were oh my neighbors and stuff that saw. Useless fucking neighbors. She, uh, she ended up, they got her to a hospital, and she was, you know, on life support and everything, but she was brain dead and died after a few days. But That's awful. Yeah. But the really creepy one, this this really creeped me out. So Robbie has a poster in his room for Super Bowl Twenty Two. Which, at the time of this movie, wouldn't happen for another six years. Okay? Heather O'Rourke died in San Diego the day after the Super Bowl of 1988, which was in San Diego six years after Poltergeist aired. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that if ghosts and demons and shit like that is real, that they would come to things like that like big productions like that where Especially. everyone is immersed in like a haunted world yeah. or a, a world of an alternate dimension. Especially if you bring the bodies on set. Yeah. You're just 
that's some bad juju you're yeah. playing with right there. I don't think. I, I mean, it makes for a cool like story, and it makes for like a cool scene. But there's, I think there's just some things you don't do. Yeah, mess with dead bodies is one of them. Yeah, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably give Poltergeist a four out of five. I'm five out of five. I mean, this is yeah. one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So, yeah. of course, it's going to be five I could out of go five. probably 4.5 out of five. Yeah. I just, I, I, five's just to yeah. me or so, like, it's just it amazing. Has to and be I love so that family. So no, much. yeah, no, it is abs- It's definitely amazing. Yeah. Definitely. But I think I'm going to stick with like my four, four and a half out of five. I think the only one I've given a five, well, I gave, I think, a five us. to The Blob, Us, and The Exorcist. Yeah. I think that's it so far. And they're all great. And all, this movie's great, too. So. Yeah. So thank you for joining us through Poltergeist. We are working on another Haunted Happy Hour, which ugh, I look forward to those so much. They're so yeah, much they fun are to really record. Fun. So I hope y'all still enjoy them, or if you enjoyed them at all. <laughs> <laughs> because we just... Our podcasts are, I wouldn't say highly edited because it's just a lot of dead space and dogs and cats yeah, doing we just stuff. Cut stuff like that. But we make sure that it's cl- at least pretty clean. Yeah. And we're not professionals, so sometimes we miss stuff and our, we talk about stupid stuff. But like, we try really hard to keep our content consistent and edited and all that crap. But these are more like we sit back, it's almost like a campfire, like sit around yeah. a campfire with your friends and talk about ghost exactly. stories. It's kind of the vibe of these haunted happy hours and we get to drink because we don't do that with our normal ones because we just want to make sure that we could keep up with the conversation mm-hmm. and go through the movie scene by scene. So they're really a lot of fun. And what makes them even more fun is when we get to interact with our listeners. And so for this one, if you know of anyone or have even had an experience with a haunted doll or even a haunted artifact of some sort, yeah. we're kind of focusing on dolls, but any like, like any toys, yeah, anything. anything that you maybe had as a kid or your kids had that was like a little sketchy yeah. or something like that, we would love to hear it. So you can email it to us at theexorcisters at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Both are The Exorcisters Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at The Exorcisters. And next time, back in your gilded cage, Melanie Daniels. Till then, stay creepy. This house is